welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the 26th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who manifest your almighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy, bestow, we pray, your grace abundantly upon us, and make those hastening to attain your promises heirs to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. One day, the sons of God came to attend on the Lord, and among them was Satan. So the Lord said to Satan, Where have you been? Round the earth, he answered, roaming about. So the Lord asked him, Did you notice my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a sound and honest man who fears God and shuns evil. Yes, Satan said, but Job is not God-fearing, for nothing is he. Have you not put a wall round him and his house and all his domain? You have blessed all he undertakes, and his flocks throng the countryside. But stretch out your hand and lay a finger on his possessions. I warrant you, he will curse you to your face. Very well, the Lord said to Satan. All he has is in your power, but keep your hands off his person. So Satan left the presence of the Lord. On the day when Job's sons and daughters were at their meal and drinking wine at their eldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job. Your oxen, he said, were at the plough with the donkeys grazing at their side, when the Sabaeans swept down on them and carried them off. Your servants they put to the sword. I alone escaped to tell you. He had not finished speaking when another messenger arrived. The fire of God, he said, has fallen from the heavens and burnt up all your sheep and your shepherds too. I alone escaped to tell you. He had not finished speaking when another messenger arrived. The Chaldeans, he said, three bands of them have raided your camels and made off with them. Your servants they put to the sword. I alone escaped to tell you. He had not finished speaking when another messenger arrived. Your sons and daughters, he said, were at their meal and drinking wine at their eldest brother's house, when suddenly, from the wilderness, a gale sprang up, and it battered all four corners of the house, which fell in on the young people. They are dead. I alone escaped to tell you. 
Job rose and tore his gown and shaved his head. Then falling to the ground, he worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this misfortune, Job committed no sin nor offered any insult to God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Lord, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Lord, hear a cause that is just. Pay heed to my cry. Turn your ear to my prayer. No deceit is on my lips. Lord, bend your ear and hear my prayer. From you may my judgment come forth. Your eyes discern the truth. You search my heart. You visit me by night. You test me and you find in me no wrong. Lord, bend your ear and hear my prayer. I am here and I call. You will hear me, O God. Turn your ear to me. Hear my words. Display your great love. You whose right hand saves your friends from those who rebel against them. Lord, bend your ear and hear my prayer. Alleluia, alleluia. The Son of Man came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. An argument started between the disciples about which of them was the greatest. Jesus knew what thoughts were going through their minds, and he took a little child and set them by his side and then said to them, Anyone who welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the least among you all, that is the one who is great. John spoke up. Master, he said, we saw a man casting out devils in your name, and because he is not with us, we tried to stop him. But Jesus said to him, you must not stop him. Anyone who is not against you is for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today we start reading from the book of the prophet Job, um, and it really is an absolute masterpiece, but you know, it, it can be a bit heavy. So over the next few days, we're going to have some selected readings from the book of Job, and um, it's going to be really fascinating, I think. Um, we'll be interrupted a little bit by a couple of feast days. Um, tomorrow we've got the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, uh, and then we've also got the guardian angels. So, you know, The readings will shift a little bit, but um, we've got Job a few times, and I think they've left us enough to be able to piece together the major thread of the book of the prophet Job. And so it starts off today by setting the scene for this book of the prophet Job. We hear about God and Satan having a little chat, and God says to Satan, hey, did you notice my servant Job? He's, He's quite something. He's a, you know... Honest man, fears God, shuns evil. But Satan replies, well, yeah, of course he is. You've done nothing but good things to him. You know, you've blessed him, you've given him flocks, you've given him wealth, he's got the lot. Of course he's faithful to you. He's faithful because of everything that you've bestowed upon him. 
And then comes the question. If it's all taken away, what's Job going to do? How's he going to respond? And then comes kind of the divine bet. Bet you can't make Job become unfaithful. And so, you know, the Lord gives permission for Satan to take away everything from Job. Everything except his life. And then you hear about, you know, the worst day in Job's life. One of his servants comes and tells him that, you know, the Sabaeans came, raided your oxen and plough and put your servants to death. Um, now, of course, that's terrible because, you know, your oxen and your plough, it's the means for making your livelihood. And if they're gone, well, how are you going to harvest? How are you going to plant? So that's pretty devastating, you know, having lost your livelihood. It's like, you know, a tradie losing his tools. Like, it's not just that I've lost tools, I've, I've lost the potential I have to work. Then comes the next servant, if that's not bad enough, that fire from God fell from the sky and he burnt up your sheep and your shepherds too. Flock's gone. Now, you know, losing a flock, you know, you don't just go off and buy another one. Like, it takes years to build up a flock. But he's lost his rams and ewes and he's lost the shepherds who look after them. Then you hear the next servant comes and goes, oh, by the way, the Chaldeans came and raided your camels. And your servants are dead too, by the way. So, you know, three major assaults against his wealth, um, against his livelihood, against his security. But the worst one comes next. A servant comes and reports that a gale sprang up and battered the house where your sons and daughters were eating. It fell on them and they're dead. Now, this story of Job, it's not so much a historical book as it is a kind of extended parable, um, a reflection on the problem of evil in the world. Uh, so, you know, we're not sort of looking for the place where Job had his farm. We're not sort of considering, well, what period of time are we talking about here? It sets up the picture of the most extreme case, if you like. What happens when you lose absolutely everything. But even though this, you know, has the character of a parable, I think we still need to put ourselves in Job's place and wonder what it must have been like. These four major blows. All right, your oxen are gone. Your sheep are gone. Your camels are gone. You know what, your family? That's gone. I don't know, I, I kind of imagine it being a little bit like, you know, when you're swimming at the beach and a big set of waves comes in and, you know, you're knocked off your feet, but you can't find your feet before the next wave comes and then the next wave and then the next wave. And then, you know, you're completely pummeled and you can't find what's up and down and you're gasping for breath and you don't even really know what's happened. I would imagine it having been something like that for Job. These four crushing blows, one after the other. And then comes the question, all right, Job, having suffered this terrific evil, oh, it gets, it's going to get worse, by the way, he's also going to get sick, but um, Job, having suffered these great blows, how does he respond? How does a man of holiness live in the face of evil? 
And this is what we read today, right? We hear this, Job rose and tore his gown and shaved his head. You know, the outward signs of his sorrow and of his pain. Right? Falling to the ground, he worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we go on a pretty long journey with Job as he reflects on what's happened to him and the pain that he suffers. But where he's at right now is precisely here to recognize that from the moment of his birth, he had nothing. And everything that he received was a gift from God. And that now that God has taken back his gift, he's returned to the state that he had at the time of his birth. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'll return. A kind of reality that everything that I have is already a gift from God. And so for me to lose them is not for God to do an injustice to me. I haven't been robbed. Nothing's been stolen. The Lord has given. The Lord has taken back. It was his in the first place. Now, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty extraordinary coming from Job, especially in the face of the pain of the loss of his family. Um, But you know what? It's early days. (laughs) We're going to go on a little bit of a journey with Job and we're going to find out just how agonizing this reality truly is for him. And what does it mean to be faithful to God in the face of such loss? In some ways, it's a little bit too easy just to say, well, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. You know, God's not taken anything away from me because he gave it to me in the first place. Um, Yeah, that might be an interesting place to start, but it really doesn't start to approach the question of, well, why? Why'd you give it to me only to take it away? The book of Job is deeply human. And it confronts questions that I think we've all had arise in our own minds and in our own hearts, especially during periods of suffering and times of loss and grief. So buckle up. This is going to be a bumpy ride. But I pray that as we look at these readings from the book of Job, that the Lord will speak to our hearts and speak to our pain and give us the gift of his consolation.
At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis' prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.